Well, hey there, and welcome to the Scattered Saints podcast. My name is Josh, and I'm so glad that you decided to join us today. We are starting a new series. It's called The Real You. And Pastor Brett is going to start us off today with part one of this series. So turn up your volume, get ready, and I'll catch you guys at the end of the episode. Hey, my name is Brett. Welcome today. I hope you're doing well. I hope your family's doing well. We're starting a brand new collection of talks called The Real You, discovering the person that you were created to be. We're going to jump right into the scripture. We believe that the Bible is timeless truth for everyday life, that the writers of these scriptures inspired by God uh, are capturing the very thoughts of God that give us guidance and direction for our lives. So come on, let's jump to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. This is Ephesians 2, verse 10. It says this, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things that he planned for us long ago. I think we've got all kinds of ideas of how we think that God thinks about us. Maybe you're the type of person that says, you know what, if I'm to walk into the doors of a church, I'm going to light on fire. Maybe, maybe you think that God's angry at you. Maybe you've got all kinds of perspectives of, of how you think God, the creator of the universe, thinks about you. But what he says about himself, what he is self-describing for you and for me to understand is that when he thinks about you, he thinks about you as his masterpiece. In the original language, uh, the, the Greek word here is poema, poema. Now it means a poem, but it also means workmanship. And it means that it's the work of a creator. It's a work of a creator. So when God thinks about you, he thinks about you as his masterpiece, but you are the masterpiece that he created by his hand. It's something beautiful. I mean, think about those items that you would buy on on Etsy. It's handcrafted. It's boutique. It's made with purpose and intention. The creator has crafted, handcrafted this thing of incredible value. When Jesus looks at you, when God the Father looks at you, he looks at you as his hand handcrafted poema, his masterpiece, his masterpiece. I want us to jump into John chapter three. This is a conversation that Jesus is having uh, with the religious leader. Now his name is Nicodemus and he's coming at nighttime. Uh, uh, Let's just, let's dive in. John chapter three, verse one. There's a man named Nicodemus, a Jewish religious leader who was a Pharisee. A Pharisee was a religious leader of a a certain sect or an order. After dark one evening, he came to speak with Jesus. Rabbi, he said, we all know that God has sent you to teach us. Your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. What I find so interesting is that Nicodemus showed up under the cover of night. He showed up when it was dark, when it was late, when the sun had gone down. Did Nicodemus show up to talk to Jesus because he was embarrassed about him? Did he show up to talk to him because he didn't want anyone else to know that he was going? Did did he go as, as a symbol for us that he went in the darkness that he might ultimately discover the true light that is found in Jesus? Under the cover of night, Nicodemus approaches Jesus with these earth shattering questions. He wants to know how and why and what it means to live like Jesus. You know, between 1508 and 1512, the great artist Michelangelo 
painted the, the roof of the Sistine Chapel. Now there's something like 343 figures and, and nine different features that happened in the, in the, just from the book of Genesis. And in, in this incredible piece of art actually spans uh, the entire narrative or the whole history of scriptures. For centuries, when uh, different historians looked at this piece of art or when these people were studying the piece of art, they, they, they looked at the art and they, they made assumptions about Michelangelo and about the piece of art. The assumptions that they made was that Michelangelo used dark and muted colors and that when he used these dark and muted colors, he wasn't only saying something uh, about the art and, and his choices, but he was saying something about God because of what it was he was creating. The creation of the master was speaking to something greater, to the ultimate creator. Sometime later, after centuries of, of wear and tear, a restoration process was taken underway. As they began to restore this incredible piece of art, they made a shocking discovery. What they discovered was that centuries worth of smoke and wax and some bad varnish caused by this candlelight that, that burned that was their main source of, of light and, and, and fuel caused this darkness to overtake these paintings. And as they began to restore it, they found that they weren't dark and muted colors at all. As the restoration persisted, what they discovered was that he used bright and vibrant colors. It was vivid colors. The Times art critic, Rachel Campbell Johnson, noted that Michelangelo is being reassessed. Every book on this artist will have to be rewritten, declare historians, at the now revealed drama of vivid color. The reality is there is smoke and distortions that have deeply blurred and darkened and colored the view that people have of God. To take it one step further, we could say there is a lot of smoke and haze that is keeping you from the real you. Through Jesus, we can see God as he is, and therefore we can see ourselves as we are meant to. When we look at Jesus, we see this reflection back and we see the person that we are created to be. When we see Jesus, we see God in his clearest intent, in bright and vivid color. It's as if you're discovering it for the first time. Colossians goes one step further and it describes Jesus as the visible image of the invisible God. He is the face of the franchise. So under the cover of night in the darkness, Nicodemus comes to speak to Jesus, who John the Beloved, the author of the Gospel of John, describes as the light of the world. Under the cover of night, blind to his own uh, circumstance, his own identity to who he really is, he comes and darkness is contrasted with the bold light that's found in Jesus. Let's pick up the story in, in John 3. John 3, if you're still with me out there, come on, just say, I'm with you, I'm with you. If you're on the couch, just turn to your, your spouse or your significant other or your parents, say, come on, I'm with you. Uh, if you're online, just jump into the chat and say, hey, I'm with you, I'm with you. This is John chapter 3, verse 3. John 3, verse 3. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, 
Unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. What do you mean? What do you mean? exclaimed Nicodemus. How can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? This is like the head exploding emoticon in your phone that you just really, really, really want to use, but you can't always find a reason to use it. You see, sometimes when we read scripture or we hear the Bible, we we hear these phrases and they're somewhat familiar to us. So we don't think about the impact in the moment, but just think about this. Jesus says, listen, if you want to inherit the kingdom of God, if you want to live like me, if you want to step into uh, your identity, into your purpose, if you want to discover the person that you were created to be, you're going to have to be born again. Nicodemus is there. He's trying to process. He's like, he's trying to do the math on this. How am I going to be born? Like, listen, (laughs) that that ship has sailed, Jesus. How do you anticipate that we are going to do this thing? Uh, In 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17, it says this. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. All things have become new. When you're in Christ, you are a new creation. When you are born again, it is not a natural experience. It is a spiritual experience that brings you to life. It helps you take the step into becoming the person that you were created to be. It is the method by which we can boldly approach Jesus, come into the family, and we are born into his family, the family of God. When we accept Jesus into our heart, we can be, we will be born again. We believe in our heart, we confess with our mouth. You know, in in the book of Genesis, Genesis chapter one, going all the way back to the very beginning, when the earth was created, it it was formless and it was void, it was chaotic. Right before everything happened, the Holy Spirit was hovering. We actually see this beautiful picture of the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit all present. If you look at Genesis one and Colossians one, you see how all the parts begin to fit together. In Genesis 1, things were void and they were empty. And the words there are tohu, bohu. That's right, the original language, Hebrew, tohu, bohu. Just turn to somebody right now, say tohu, bohu. It means waste and empty, chaotic and confused. Waste and empty, chaotic and confused. Uh, In his book, Born Identity, Pastor Phil Pringle describes this situation. He says, just as the earth was empty and void in the beginning, so we are chaotic and confused until we met Christ. Just as the Holy Spirit moved over the dark waters, uh, covering the earth, he moved over our lightless lives. In the beginning of time, the word declared, let there be light. The Holy Spirit's power blazed through the heavens, creating an endless universe. When we receive that same word of God, who is Jesus, our lives are transformed and recreated in the same way. In other words, Jesus wants to show up into your tohu bohu, into the waste and emptiness, into the chaos and into the confusion. Jesus wants to come like darkness breaking through with light, and he wants to bring things into order. He wants to 
move some things around. He's going to rearrange the furniture. He wants to come and step into your chaos and bring you into order. It may feel like it doesn't matter what season you're in, what moment you're in, that your life is just in disarray. It feels like 2020 was a mess, but 2021 is setting up for more of the same. Can I tell you that with Jesus, he wants to bring your chaos and he wants to bring it into order and he wants to make your life a new place. He wants to help you discover the real you, but the real you is discovered when you discover Jesus. In some ways, you could say you've got to lose yourself to find yourself. You got to lose yourself to find yourself. In the most deepest sense. Let's let's roll it all the way back, okay? We're going to go back to where we started in into Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10. It says for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. We we understand what masterpiece, what that word is, it's poema in Greek. But that word created in Greek is kitso in the original language. Kitso It speaks of God creating worlds, about making things habitable, about making a people, a place, a land, or a region. You could think about it in this way. You are God's masterpiece, and he wants to take the chaos and the confusion of your life, and he wants to make it habitable. You have the opportunity when you invite Jesus into your life to literally hold on to the hand of the one who holds the world. And as we reach out, we grab his hand. He's reforming, and he's remaking, and he's rewriting the next chapter in the story of your life, and he's taking things that were full of chaos, confusion, pain, waste, and worry, and he's reorienting it. He's creating it like um, a grand creator and a craftsman. He's creating it into something that's habitable because he wants to do life with you. He wants to walk into your world and reshape it reform it and reshape and reform you help you discover the person that you were created to be do you know there's so many things that are inside of you that jesus wants to pull out of you and even like a diamond is created through pressure there is seasons of your life where there is pressure but when you're walking with jesus even under stress pressure and duress you know that you hold on to the hand of the one who holds the world that he is pulling the gold out that the diamond is being extracted that there are things inside of you that he is pulling out of you that if you would trust him in this process you will discover the person that you were created to be you will discover a capacity that you did not even know or understand that you have it is like john foreman might say a new way to be human this is john 3 jumping back to that conversation with jesus and with nicodemus john 3 verse 5 Jesus starts answering the details of how this born-again experience is going to happen. He says, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the Spirit. Humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. It is a spiritual experience. In the Old Testament, we get a glimpse of what this 
might look like. The Old Testament is the front half of the Bible. You'll find this portion of Scripture in the book of Ezekiel. This is Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 25, 26, the timeless truths of Scripture. Ezekiel writes, Then I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you will be clean. Your filth will be washed away. Listen to this. I will give you a new heart, and I will put a new spirit in you. I will take out your stony, stubborn heart, and I will give you a tender and responsive heart. When Jesus comes into our lives, everything changes. Everything that we thought we knew, we see things in new and bright, vivid colors. The ideas or the assumptions that we have made about how we see and understand the world are different when Jesus comes in. My my favorite stories are are the stories that that my friends tell me at our New Believers Bible study for for those who are just discovering their life in Jesus. And and one of my friends uh, showed up to work right after making a decision to follow Jesus. And she went to work and she was known for her quick wit and kind of sharp, piercing words. And when she showed up at work, she showed up at work and she had a smile on her face. And she was happy and she was joyful. Now, she didn't realize that anything was different. But all day long throughout her shift, her, her coworkers kept giving her these weird looks, like throwing some side eye her way. Being like, come on, what's wrong with, what's different with you? Like, what, what's going on in your life? She didn't realize that accepting Jesus into her heart already began to change her, her, her reflection. Her, the Bible says your countenance, the way she carried herself, how she interacted with other people, began to round off the rough edges. Jesus loves you so much that he doesn't want to leave you as you are with, with Jesus. Jesus, you never arrive. You're always on a journey of transformation, looking more and more like Jesus. Every part of us, our character, our gifts, our talents, our abilities, our personalities. When you accept Jesus into your life, you see him in a brand new way. Now you might be watching this and you're like, listen, I know a whole bunch of Christians. Why are you so grumpy? If you got the light of the world in your heart, why are you so angry? I've seen those comments on Facebook and Instagram. You know what? That, that, is, that is a great question. Because we have this choice to daily submit and to surrender our lives to Jesus, to lean into that transformation He's a gentleman and he's leading us forward on this journey. But sometimes we forget that our spiritual maturity is not directly correlated to the length of time that we believe. That Jesus is leading each and every one of us on a unique journey of transformation. And and all of us are at different stages and places. We've got different hurts and pains. Can I tell you, oftentimes when you see somebody who believes in Jesus lash out is because they're, they're lashing out out of hurt and Jesus is in the midst of healing. But for those of you who are hurting right now, I want to invite you to invite Jesus into your pain. You might have invited him into your heart, but you just forgot to invite him into your pain. Behold, I'm making all things new. So in this season, he wants to make all things 
new. He wants to wipe away the offense and the wounding. He wants to bring healing and hope and life. He wants you to see life in brand new colors. That is who he is. I'd like to introduce you to you, the real you, handcrafted and created for a purpose. With Jesus, you can discover the person that you were created to be. Hey, if you're watching today and you've never made a decision to accept Jesus into your life, you've never made a decision to trust him with everything, but you say, you know what? I need someone to come into my chaos and into my confusion and make it habitable because I can't live this way any longer. Can I tell you that Jesus himself wants to come? He wants you to know first that you are loved, that you are his masterpiece, that you are deeply cherished. It's in this conversation in John 3 that we get the most famous verse of all time, for God so loved loved the world. Today, I want you to know that you are loved and he loves you so much (laughs) that he wants to lead you into a bright and glorious future. So if that's you today, you say, you know what? I want to accept Jesus into my life. I'm ready to be born again, to go on this journey of transformation. Then I'm going to get you right now to get out your phone and text the word Jesus, J-E-S-U-S, to 587-400-2010. We want to give you some resources. We want to help you on this journey with Jesus. We want to help you take a next step. You can find a family. You can find community. You can find relationship. You can find purpose here. Maybe you're watching online. And you don't want to grab your phone if you're on Facebook or you're on YouTube. You just write Jesus in the comments and one of our team is going to connect with you. Maybe you're on church online and you see this little thing that says, raise my hand and say, I want to commit Jesus. Just hit that button. It's the best decision that you could ever make. So if you're watching today and you say, you know what, that's me. I I hit the button. I'm, I'm texting right now. We're going to pray a prayer together. And I just want everybody watching just to repeat this after me. Come on, just pray this with me. We say, dear Jesus. I need you now more than ever. So I give you everything. My wins and my losses, my sins and my successes, they're all yours. From this moment forward, I'm following you one step at a time. Forgive me of my sin and help me discover the real me. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen, amen. All right, well, thanks for joining us today, guys. And if you want to know more about what Pastor Brett was talking about, salvation in Jesus, what that looks like, you can go to scatteredsaints.ca. You can fill in your contact info and one of our pastors will reach out to you directly. We want to hear your story. We want to hear your heart and answer any questions you might have. So go to scatteredsaints.ca and we'll see you guys in part two next week.